thing and I was inside this, you know, half-built opera house and it was all moonlight and rain and shit. It was crazy. Are you sure you didn't briefly enter a Wes Anderson film? <laughs> no, it was way more exciting than a Wes Anderson film. Ooh, true. of the Electronic Wireless Show, Rock Paper Shotgun's PC gaming podcast, and the only gaming podcast you need, in my opinion. And that intro would have gone on flawlessly if (laughs) Nate hadn't decided to just start talking. Look, it's got the exact same energy as the minute silence on Remembrance Sunday, only without any of the historical purpose. What's all this? What's all that? You suddenly, over the past couple of weeks, you you get really larry. You come out swinging. Look at my screen name today, Alice. Oh yeah, sorry, this isn't Nate. My name is Alice Bell and I'm joined this week by Gimli, son of Gloin. Hence the attitude. Uh, And uh, Vidbird Matthew Castle. Hello. Speaking Uh, of uh, Gimli, have you uh, watched any of those, uh, there's streams happening in the States where someone gets together the cast of old films um in like a big zoom call and he got like the oh, yeah. whole lord of the rings cast in a zoom call do they reenact lord of the rings in it they sort of chat about it and i think they do little bits of the script and anecdotes and he did one for ghostbusters and it had a very old looking bill murray on it is it properly like everyone from lord of the rings like all the ten thousand new zealand extras well i i mean no that would be preposterous i mean think how think how tight well, i think it would be amazing if you've got all the ten thousand on the zoom call so you're getting more and more windows so they're getting smaller and smaller and then it becomes a mosaic of like christopher lee <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't that be beautiful wouldn't that be a that really powerful be moment? That would have been a really, yeah, a lovely, a really like the whole moment. cast becomes the face of Christopher Lee in a in a in a in a loving tribute. That's in that wonderful middle ground between touching and disturbing. I <laughs> I really like it. Like touching and really disrespectful. Yeah, no, Christopher Lee would be well into that. He was a just a dude. He uh, he did a metal album as well, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. a really good singer. <laughs> You know, yeah, like no, when yeah. he, he does the angry wizard bellowing off his tower to make wind and stuff go at Gandalf? Yeah. It's yeah. like that, only over a metal song. Wasn't he always a bit sour that he wasn't Gandalf? Maybe. Was... I think that's I mean, just was... Aramand's personality. No, no, no. That... All right. <laughs> I was, uh, was going to say, you, you, could, you couldn't do a uh, reunion with... You could do it with the Hobbit, but you, uh, the Lord of the Rings, but you couldn't do it with the Hobbit because wasn't that famously a really tense set and everyone hated everyone else? And like, really, 
the secondary dwarves kind of got a bit cross at, at the kind of the dwar- the lead dwarves and the kind of love triangle that got shoehorned in. Lindsay Ellis, who does YouTube videos that has got a really good three part uh, series on the Hobbit where they talk about like the law that New Zealand enacted and stuff. Uh, d- like New Zealand has a law specifically because of the Hobbit um, and like interviews actor an actor who was one of the dwarves and it's it's good you'd really like it Nate I'm up for that I I mean I I would side with the lesser dwarves I think I was really cross that Thorin the main dwarf yeah like got to be like handsome and all the rest had like hilarious sort of onion noses and like all these weird prosthetics, whereas he was just like just a tiny handsome man. <laughs> there were and, there were like two, uh, two. It was him and then Aidan Turner, who is oh, yeah. more famously um, uh, pole dark man, sexy pole dark man who does all his agriculture topless. Um, he didn't get any prosthetics either. And neither, I don't think, did James Nesbitt. So presumably they just thought James Nesbitt is just weird looking. Which one was he? He was the one who had like a little um, a little winter ear flaps hat. That's how he looks? The, I think that was just James Nesbitt because I remember specifically at, at the time my friend Tim, who the same Tim who's currently having a... Uh, sort of existential crisis around the video game Bug Snacks, which no doubt we will talk about momentarily uh, at the time. Which, like, I just felt really sorry for James Nesbitt because it was like, you get a fake nose, you get fake ears, you get a fake nose, you're James Nesbitt, you get fake ears, you get a fake nose. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I'm just looking at his face now. It's, um... That's really odd. Not his face, but that he didn't... Because he did look quite different. Oh, it's just really weirding me out, realising that someone isn't a fantasy dwarf. Like, if you were if you were James Nesbitt, you'd surely be like, oh, um, oh, am I getting a wetter workshop man? Am I getting a a bit like a big fake chin or a, a fake nose? I'd be like, oh no, you're you're all right, James Nesbitt. You're you're fine. Oh, but everyone else is getting a oh. getting a big fake nose. Anyway, rough, rough. Uh, mentioning Bugsnacks has pushed me towards today's topic because we're going to talk about the PC gaming show and maybe a bit the Gorilla Collective. Um, and I, you know, I won't penalise if you bring up something from the PlayStation Five reveal either. That's very kind um, of you. That yeah, you left no for that Sieg Sieg Segway. You left Sieg. for the Segway like a basketball player grabbing the edge of a hoop. <laughs> Impressed. I'm like the 97 Chicago Bulls. <laughs> I, I can all make that reference now because I've, yeah, all of them. Because I watched that that one Netflix program. Uh, but yeah, we're going to talk about some of the games that were revealed in this sort of, it's we're sort of phase one of not E3. So we're going to talk about, because we all stayed up to watch the the Gorilla Collective stream and the, uh, the PC gaming show. So we're going to talk about some of the games. Uh, here we go. Uh, now, if you go to rockpapershotgun.com, which is a very fine website, uh, we do have roundups uh, by Catherine Castle. No relation <laughs> to Matthew Castle. 
Technically, that's true. Um, Is it? Well, I hope so. Well, a relation by well, by marriage, but this yeah, was Alice's brutal way of informing you of your divorce. Oh God! I'm sorry <laughs> it had to happen this way. Quick, hit this thing! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! What was that? <laughs> oh! I told you I had treats for you this week. Oh. I, you you enjoyed the sting oh, so much that I've loaded up. I didn't realise it was a wah 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 Matthew's divorce button. <laughs> <laughs> spicy. I've got I've got a suite of uh, some sound effects. I might change them every week and just keep you on your toes. But I've That's got amazing. What a That's treat. lovely. Nice. <laughs> I like that one because it sounds almost like Matthew saying it. I thought it was. I thought he'd just lent away from his microphone. <laughs> was that like a Borat? No, it's just, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's meant to be. I just went on the. I actually sneakily used the uh, VidBuds login for royalty-free sound effects. Oh, there you and go. this was just like male voice four six nine. Nice. <laughs> What's the legality of using Jason Statham quotes? I don't know. I mean, presumably you can. I, I don't know. I'll look into it. I would have been so impressed there if I'd asked that and the answer had just been, not f***ing likely, <laughs> from, from the soundboard. Well, you can bleep that. You can bleep that. <laughs> well, yeah, but I have to write down every time you swear so that it can be bleeped. I didn't do any swears last week. That's I've just blown my budget. <laughs> uh, so I can deploy some sound effects, although the sad trumpet is my favourite, I think. Um <laughs> But yeah, Catherine, my point was Catherine has written roundups of everything from the Gorilla Collective, uh, which is three days uh, and IGN and the Future Game Show and the PC Gaming Show. And I will link to all of those uh, in the in the show notes on the website for this very episode of the podcast. I would say probably the juiciest day of the Gorilla Collective was day one. Um there were a few good ones on day two, and then day three was uh, no, it was bad. It just was uh, uh, dev streams and sort of more in depth info. Um, but Matthew, since I so rudely uh, announced your divorce, do you mm. want to go first with the game that uh, that you yeah, liked I mean, from the shows? I mean, nothing really matters to me now, of course. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but. Uh, Maybe really something that something that could cheer me up uh, in the future is uh, Baldur's Gate three coming to early access maybe in August. Uh, how how lovely was was that um, that little bit to camera from Swen? Oh yeah, yeah, that was great. They've uh, me and Matthew have met him in real life, so I guess, I guess like you haven't really been exposed to him before, Nate. But that's what he's like. He seems so powerful. Is it Sven with like a soft W or like Sven? Like the I think Sven. Sven. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he is, he's about eight foot tall and uh, just enthusiastic and, and just really excited about, genuinely excited about yeah. games. Pro- probably my, my favorite person to interview. Um, just in terms of, a because because they sort of run the show themselves at Larian, you know, because they self-publish, and he obviously runs Larian. He can kind of 
just sort of it, it feels quite uh the information flows quite freely and they can just choose to talk about whatever they like and it doesn't feel like it's being filtered through a billion levels so uh of pr so it's 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 very uh, very refreshing but yeah i liked the video because it had him waving around a weapon and getting excited about the game which was cool uh i i really liked the trailer uh which uh had this sort of motif of all the kind of characters unsheathing their weapons which i think if the trailer seems to suggest those are the origin characters and there are a lot more than we hadn't seen in in what we saw before um who is your favorite of the ones that we've seen Mm. uh well so they they only showed us um the sort of the vampire spawn character um starian i think he's called starian frodo no. no. Oh, yes, actually, yeah, Gothfrodo, I think, yeah. Gothfrodo. Um, I quite liked him just because he's a vampire and I liked some of the vampire stuff they were talking about with him. Um, like, they didn't go Not into... technically a vampire. No, but yeah, he's, he's a, vampire thing. a sort of thrall kind of thing. Um, but in one of the descriptions, uh, one of the guys, is he? Called, I think he's called Gale, a wizard who's got a magical bomb. He's described as having some kind of magical bomb inside his chest, um, which, like, as a story, I'm kind of instantly interested in. Like, I want to know what that's all about. And he was quite charismatic um, in the demo that we saw. Uh, Was he the Shakespeare? No, I don't think he's the Shakespeare. So uh, Nate was also very excited by the trailer and wrote about it. And I will link to that. Uh, but he did not know the names of any of the characters, obviously, and also was writing it at like right. 10 o'clock. So just <laughs> named the characters by describing them as like Goth Frodo, a Shakespeare. Right. <laughs> oh, I didn't realize these people already had released backstories and stuff. Some of them, they, yeah. Yeah, some of them do, some of them don't. But the 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 VO in the trailer, I think it's implied, is the... the um, the devil character yeah. that we saw in our demo because um, it's it's closely tied to a, a recent D&D campaign book called Descent into Avernus, which is kind of a, a big hell-based adventure and had a lot of like demon and devil stuff. And and so, you know, there's there's going to, it's assumed there's going to be a fair amount of that in Baldur's Gate 3. And in our demo, like you were walking along and then you suddenly got whisked into this, uh, strange kind of house full of riches which is in the trailer with all the food and this strange man starts talking about you know observing you and doing you a favor and it's kind of implied that you know that you could make a a deal with him to kind of fix your big narrative quandary which is you've got this mind maggot in your head um gonna turn into an octopus man yeah but like that's considering that's you've been mind flayed yeah, yeah, yeah that's exactly. Uh, but considering that's the big pitch of the game, it's like, how are you going to deal with this thing? You're going to turn into a mind flare. The fact that very early on you meet this character who basically offers to do it for you in exchange for something, I think is it feels like a, that could be a really big branching thing. You know, if you choose to go with that, you know, what are you going to have to do in return? And um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of stuff about that game setting you up to like screw yourself over later or screw over your companions later and a lot of like interesting betrayal kind of mechanical stuff which which i'm really excited to see and we will see business right yeah yeah Yeah. 
Because um, I, I feel like games have dabbled with that kind of stuff before. You know, I've definitely seen it, it, lots of people who are, do something bad and you'll get a slightly better treat. But to have the guts to kind of commit to it in a really big way, I think could be could be very tasty. Um, and uh, yeah, I think they're showing off like a new playthrough, a new demo, a, a new chunk of the demo anyway. Uh, mm. I th- probably by the time this podcast is out, so maybe all this will be super old news. But I'm excited for that. It's looking a lot shinier as well. I think they've changed uh, in the in the very f- few quick clips they showed. Um, it looks like they've changed it quite substantially as well. Like the combat uh, seems to have gone back to kind of yeah. alternating characters. It's not. It's not one team goes, the other team goes. It's more like Divinity Original Sin 2, which is interesting because they made quite a big song and dance about moving away from that. So, Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It also looks nicer as well, yeah. like the lighting and stuff, they've changed it. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah. I think that'll yeah. be a good time. That'll be good. That'll be good. Um, so that was that was something in Gorilla Collective I was I was excited for. Uh, Nate Gimli, Aye. what about you? Do you have something dwarf themed, perhaps? Well, it's funny you should ask. Um, I do. I'm just trying to remember whether this was uh, Gorilla Collective or PC Game Show, though. Or possibly uh, neither. Uh, it's okay. Just, we'll just barrel yeah, through. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm pretty sure it was Gorilla Collective. Uh, Dwarfheim. Um, which, yeah, I mean, I, I really like dwarves, obviously. They're great. Uh, I've already chatted about them quite a lot on this podcast. Um, and there was a trailer for a game called Dwarfheim, which is a pretty generic name, really. And it looked a pretty generic trailer. And I was, yeah, it was like an RTS with dwarves. Um, and I was really, really underwhelmed for about 45 seconds of the one-minute, three-second trailer. Um until it just casually mentioned that it was like asymmetric co-op yeah. RTS. Uh, <laughs> and I love an RTS. Um, and I bang on about Age of Empires 2 all the time. I play it every day. I wake up, slam my Age of Empires 2 CD, <laughs> open palm into the computer and I act along with the Battle of Hastings, doing every move and doing all the sounds. Um, but I do wish sometimes that I could just get on with doing like the, the economy bits um, while someone else does the fighting, or vice versa, because it involves a lot of micromanagement and a lot of sort of splitting your attention. Uh, so, yeah, the idea of a game where different people do different tasks on a team was really exciting. And funnily enough, just before this podcast... Um, I uh, just played a sort of preview beta build uh, with the devs and got to try it out, and it was a laugh and a half. Oh, Um, hang on. Ooh la la. (laughs) Exactly that. (laughs) What? (laughs) Alice. Uh, you're like, oh, hang on, I've got got the perfect sound for this. (laughs) A really half-assed ooh la la. (laughs) That was... That was, yeah. Yes. That's what it was. Very undercooked. But yeah, that's that's saying on the danger of trailers. Because I 
I don't know. Like I've watched a lot of trailers over the last few days, and <laughs> I'm just waiting. For, I'm just waiting for a sarcastic ooh la la at another point. Oh, I know. It's like having a, a loaded gun being waved around. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> Check off soundboard. I'm going to change them each week. Okay. You're never going to know what's happening. I'll probably keep the sad, sad trumpet though. But yeah, it does make me wonder how many, how many games all that I just pass over because their trailers are a bit naff. It is a thing. I, I think it's fair to say that it is a, uh, a uh, not a problem necessarily, but it's something that can happen to indie games and a lot of very good indie games because to do a trailer often costs money like to get someone to sort of cut together your trailer and record like there are whole companies whose job is to do trailers for like you know sony and um ubisoft they just they record bits of you know the the playable builds and they make them into cool trailers um with cool voiceovers and stuff but that's very expensive so a lot of indie devs naturally to do it themselves saves money but uh, you know absolutely no uh disrespect to them they but they're not video editors or voiceover artists you know necessarily also uh, like if we were inventing the trailer from scratch as a concept it wouldn't necessarily look like they do like i think that the current format of like a lively tune and some words coming up very prominently and some brief shots of things that happen in the thing is great for a film or for a very visually spectacular game. Yeah. Mm. But like for an RTS about dwarves, like where it's got a really interesting mechanic, honestly, it would be better just to have someone pop up on the screen and say, hi, this is our game Dwarfheim. Um, it's an RTS, but different players control different parts of the same team. Goodbye. Like that, that would honestly have grabbed me far more effectively than, than the trailer did. And I'm not just, yeah, I am not just picking on, on Dwarf. I'm loads of, especially more, you know, uh, complex or esoteric games Yeah, would be a lot better just getting their USP across really plainly rather than just showing a load of, you know, random shots from the game along with yeah. words like, believe or lead your clan or whatever (laughs) (laughs) snakes rage dot (laughs) wav um um, something that i there are a couple of things um from the gorilla collective on the first day that I did think were uh, notable. I mean, the second day they had a new trailer for the Eternal Cylinder, which uh, I don't think it, it... The game looks nicer than it did, but I don't think it um, uh, showed way or like much more than we already knew about it. I played the Eternal Cylinder at Gamescom last year and um, I'm very excited for it. It's like a... A survival game where you're like a little kind of um a little kind of cubit looking character a little kind of 
Isn't it a bit like the Hoover off the Teletubbies? Yes, a little kind of two-legged elephant-trunked creature, and you live on this planet where a giant, like a, a cataclysmically huge kind of rolling pin is just steamrolling across the planet. Uh, That's really weird. <laughs> it is really weird. It's brilliant. Uh, it's by, um, uh, they are known for being really weird. So, something Ace? Ace Team? Are they French? It's the guys who made Xenoclash. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they do quite, everything in their game. Like, there's always something a bit phallic or, or everything kind of looks like it's made of like labial. It's very meaty. <laughs> yeah, um, and uh, there's still no release date, but there is an, a, an upcoming beta that you can sign up for. But you basically have to run away from the cylinder, um, and then eventually it will come to rest against some. Uh, big sort of cylinder stoppers and then you can explore a bit and then you find other mates to run about with and then you can like you can eat things and then mutate into uh the like or, or you can grow a mutation that is relevant to that thing so if you um eat something that has jumpy legs you will then be able to jump or uh, if you eat something that is fuzzy, you'll then be furry and able to survive in cold conditions. Right. Um, I don't know what the long-term story or goal is, but you just sort of adapt and survive whilst also a giant thing is coming after you. And then there are like these weird monsters that are um, part mechanical, like sort of like the the horrible bin boy from who lived next door in Toy Story, sort of like what he made, like a a car oh. with with flesh, human flesh arms and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really horrible. Um, it just uh, sounds like there's a lot going on in that game, though. It's it's great, though. I think you'd like it. I think I might, but it does... It sounds like someone describing a dream they've had rather than, like, a neat pitch for a game. And that I mean, is I, no slight on you at all. Well, I mean, it it, it is a bit in that I mean, like, I, I can't neatly pitch this game. I didn't come prepared with a pitch for the Eternal <laughs> Cylinder Nate. Like, no, I mean, it looks cool. Uh, I'm just, I find myself struggling to, well, like you say, sort of work out what the. I think that, about. like, trailers make it very much more digestible. It's about being a little cubit elephant creature and so adapting and surviving whilst being chased by a big rolling pin. I do think they look lovely. They are very sweet, aren't they? Um, I wasn't intending to talk very much about that because I, I was instead going to mention uh, No Place for Bravery, which I think got and like revealed years ago, like 2016 or something, and they've changed it a lot since then. But it's this really brutal uh, pixel art, kind of top-down RPG, uh, action RPG type thing with very fast, like slicey-dicey combat. Um, uh, and like there's, there's there's blood everywhere, and there are like huge, like massive um, monsters. Like like the you the the trailer shows you like walking down into a dungeon that is like the throat of kind of a god sized skeleton. Oh, um, yikes! Yeah, it looks really good. Um, uh. It was well bloody that actually. I took a look at some yeah. of the screenshots in that post you did on it, and it was, uh, yeah, that oh, was yeah. a predominant color. Yeah. Um, so that looks really cool. I, I 
would be interested in playing that and seeing how they do because it it was like it's changed a lot um because it was like I think you could play as like with different people at a party or like there were four different people and it was going to be more kind of roguelike uh but now it's it's like a single player a single character and and it's to do with like parenthood and absent parent and all this kind of st- it's got very serious like something happened to someone in development in the last four years um but it does look very good and it's very pretty as well uh, we can cycle background to matthew you got uh, something else you'd, that caught your eye over the weekend you did a whole stream of yeah oh the uh, yeah uh- PC gaming show it's worth watching, um, even though it was sort of a live event. It was, it was some seriously good post-show chat. Mm, it was mainly me and Cullum going, mm, yeah, we don't really have an opinion on this uh, for a lot of things. Uh, it's refreshing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Refreshingly shit. Um, there, uh, well, uh, something that kind of got announced and instantly released, uh, Persona 4 Golden mm. uh, on PC, which was... Uh, quite exciting well no very exciting uh had it not been leaked a couple of days early um i'm a big fan of the the, and you can play it right now i you know that's 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 a that's a a, always a good moment in these conferences Um, it got leaked a couple of days early and then also they put it live on steam to buy and play before the show started yeah so So that was that wasn't ideal but um yeah have either of you played a persona before I played... I've got a mate who talks a lot about Persona 5. What's the one where you're the, the Phantom Thieves of Hearts? Is that 5? Five. Five? Yeah. I played a bit of that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's, they're, 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 they're incredibly stylish games. Um, Persona 5, I think, is it, it just such a mad explosion of, of kind of... Not style over substance, but it, it, you know it's got this amazing music, this amazing art style, this super obnoxious interface. Like it really like leans into all this stuff, and it's it's really good fun. It's it was quite surprising going back to Persona Four, um, which I played on Vita uh, a few years ago, the PS Vita that is, and it was um, it's like very it's kind of like very mundane. You know, it's 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 sort of set in a small town uh, where the game is split between sort of a social simulator during the day where you're going to school and you're hanging out with friends and you have to get a part-time job. And then at night you go into this sort of uh, uh, nightmare realm where you have to sort of save people from these dungeons or they're going to die by a given day on a calendar. So it's, it's, it's this quite sort of jarring mix of very relaxed. I say very relaxed, like the, the time is always ticking on these dungeons and it really makes you feel like every day counts and it does stuff that I normally hate in games, which is forces me to make a choice between events that won't happen again. You know, like every day it's, do you want to study? Do you want to hang with your friends? Do you want to, you can only do one of these things and you feel. Oh, do you super- not like choices in games? Uh, no, I, I, I don't mind choices. I don't like big time pressure because it, at the start anyway, you don't know. Like what you don't really have a feel for the time frame of the game or what how the game's going to work pacing wise, so you feel like oh no, every one of these is going to count. And but then after you've played it for like thirty hours and you're only halfway through it, you realise oh I've actually got loads of time to do this. You know, like it 
it it basically changes the it doesn't change the direction of the story but it it changes uh the benefits you get you know if you're if you hang with your friends they become better party members in the dungeon you know if you improve certain stats you can do more things in the world which will improve the monsters you can catch it, it, it it's all loops back round into itself um in a very very neat way uh it's a really great world um the port's a little bit like it looks nice enough but it is just a vita game kind of dragged kicking and screaming to pc i mean you yeah. can you can play it at like a 4K resolution. It's weird because I've seen some people are like, wow, I've never seen that, you know, the game look this good. And you're like, that's technically true, but like, <laughs> it's quite, it is quite rough. And I, I, I said, I said as much in the video and I, I, people seem to react quite negatively. Like I was sort of dunking on it in some way. And I think it's just important in this day and age where there are some really great remasters happening to point out, no, this isn't one of the, you know, don't think this is like a, you know, um, Try to think of a good example. There were like those PlayStation remasters where they take crappy old Crash Bandicoot and make it look like a new game. Oh, yeah. It's not that, and yeah, so uh, that that feels important. Um, you know, if they do port Persona Five, which I hope they do, that that game feels a lot more modern, looks very clean, it still looks great, and it's very new, so um, it wouldn't be as much of an issue. But it's good. Atlas make really interesting games got a very good sense of style i'm pleased that they're on pc um True. i might skip over nate because i was gonna do a sorry sorry nate that's okay the wow trombone because uh because i was gonna mention again that it's also and it's available right now that's it that's the thing that apple do at their their conferences yeah like craig federighi or or Tim Cook will be like, and it's available right now. And then all the the fanboys in the audience will go, Woo! Wah! It's really like, oh, it's really weird. Um, People cheering at corporate events is weird. It is, isn't it? But that's they started um the first E3 I went to was I think when they so when they started doing it, but it the it was the um the Xbox One X or the Xbox One reveal. And uh the, they properly packed like the front bit with like YouTubers and like proper Xbox fans, and it was the year that someone screamed, "We love you, Phil!" My sister-in-law, who's, yeah. who's fifteen, um, has got a like. They've converted their garden shed into like a little hangout for her it's really nice um and when she was younger it was she had decorated the interior based on harry potter um but she's uh she redecorated it this year and went for a new theme and we've seen photographs and she's just painted loads of app logos (laughs) on the wall and there's like the apple logo and the snapchat logo and it's like mates you know Snapchat's not going to marry you. Like it's not doing you any favors. Don't don't put it. So I just refer to it as the brand cavern. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I would roast her for it because, like, come on. I thought like, you were going to say it was Phil Spencer themed. That would be quite something. It's that just be, it's uh, just all it, yeah. the Microsoft executives 
around. I'd respect that in a way. Um, oh, it's, it's the head of Xbox marketing, Aaron Greenberg. <laughs> but at least that would still be humans. Like, you know, oh, it, if you're a teenager, you put posters of humans up on the wall. Yeah. Not logos. Why did why did I never give away a poster of Phil Spencer when I was running official Xbox magazine? That you feels like such a Phil Spencer. That feels like such a, a miss. Oh, it feels. But anyway, what I was going to say is that I was really excited because um, there was a new trailer for Among Trees, which is this ah. um, really lovely, nice uh, little survival game where you just build a, a little wood hut. A wooden, like a log cabin, almost a little hut in in the woods in a pine forest, and I it was I think teased like a couple of years ago or a year and a half back, and so I was really excited to see this new trailer. And then at the end, it said like out now in early access, and I I was like, oh my god, I lost my mind. Oh, I couldn't believe it. Was it fun? Did you get to play? I I played uh, this weekend. It's on the Epic Game Store. Um, and I've been playing it. It's so good. It's got, I think you'd really like it as well, Nate. You you start off and you wake up in this forest and you gather a bunch of, you, you wake up by essentially like the a collapsed uh, wooden hut that becomes your home and you you gather some some planks that are left around it and you rebuild that and then from there you can sleep and stay warm and stuff and then you start gathering mushrooms and start with you have to, you know, shove cold raw mushrooms into your mouth. Um, mm-hmm. Is it like a proper like, survivally thing? Or, it looked a bit firewatchy. I didn't know if it was quite a guided. Experience. No, I mean yes and no. It's not. There's there's a story is on their roadmap, um, right? But at the moment, it's just surviving in the woods, and it has three different difficulty settings. And you can have Zen mode where there are no dangerous creatures, so you can tailor it to be quite a chill experience i need um, manner of in my real life are they like real real animals or, or yeah or it's really nice so you you wander about and you see there are rabbits everywhere and they run away from you and there are birds in the trees and sometimes you look up and there'll be an eagle sometimes you'll see a deer in the distance and it will pause to look at you and then run away like it's in a disney film um and but but boys it does is that you you occasionally come across sort of remains of man-made structures that actually sort of look like fire watchtowers that have fallen down. And then from around them, you can collect metal things like metal pipes and wire and, and things to sort of craft more things with them. And then also around them, you find um, crafting recipes to make like a a fishing rod or a, a lock pick or a watering can for when you have your little greenhouse um and also map hints because you can make yourself a map of the area and then the map hints will lead you further from your the map hints are for um ingredients that you need to sort of build your next bit um and then but they'll also lead you to like an a new bit of the map that maybe will have another uh blueprint or a map hint so it it's not a very handheld experience it does require you to sort of explore and like uh remember where oh this is where i found like the you know this plant this is where i found the chicory the chicory grows like maybe in sunlight or whatever and then these the the dog weed grows in like 
shady bits and stuff and um but it is quite clever in how it leads you gradually sort of where you need to go but it does have bears ah the classic which are the main problem they are massive as well they are proper huge big like brown bears like in the Um, revenant sort of really big scary ones yeah yeah Uh, they'll leave you alone unless they see you so you have to crouch and crawl through grass they're a bit at the moment i think they're a bit annoying to get around because they will walk through the grass which is from playing stealth games like that's not meant to happen you're supposed i'm supposed to be safe if i'm in the grass so like I keep getting killed by the bears because they'll like walk over the top of me and and then biff my head off. Um, wah, 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 yeah. wah. You can't, don't. <laughs> you, no, you're rinsing it, mate. You're rinsing it. Sorry. It should have been a I'm, bear noise. I'm the human it's... soundboard. I'm like that guy from Police Academy. You're doing it yourself now. Like, well, next week, she's like, can I just ask you to do noises then? Like, well, it's not it's quite as fun. <laughs> We can each take a shift doing the sound effects. (laughs) Hang on, I think I've done most of the... Oh, I've got this. (laughs) Good. So chicken. Um, So the the bears, I think, need their sort of... Maybe their pathfinding could be a little bit tweaked. Um, But I've had a go on both modes. So with bears and without bears. And it is easier without bears, obviously enough. I mean, that's true of most things. Of most life. Can yeah. you think of any game that bears would make easier? Well, it, depend- it depends if they're on your side, I guess. Never. <laughs> no, they're never on your side. That is true of bears. I mean, in Assassin's Creed, you get those bits where there's like a bear in a cage and you open the cage and it eats all the men in the camp for you. That's quite good. That's true. They're- those bits are quite good. That was always my favourite thing to do in the old uh, Far Cry games as well. Just snipe the locks off tiger cages and yeah. let, let the fun roll out. Let him do the work. Uh, but yeah, Among Trees is very nice. I've, currently, I have got a, a little wood plate. It's got, I've got a, a cooking room, so I make stew mostly of uh, mushrooms, which in real life... I do not like mushrooms. Oh, the crafting, um, not the, craft, the the gathering animations are really nice because you just grab the mushrooms in your little hand and look at them. It's good. Uh, I've got a greenhouse as well. I've got an attic with all storage boxes in it. I've got a sewing room. And I've been fishing. Yesterday I went fishing. It's very relaxing. Ooh, what's the fishing mini game like? It took me a while to get the hang of it because it's the usual kind of Click like hold right mouse to reel in, and then uh, pull and pull the um, the line in the opposite direction to the way the fish is pulling. I oh, like how I completely mastered in Sea of Thieves. Yes, um, but it took me a while to because if you get too much tension on the line, then it will snap. Of course, um, classic. Uh, yeah, and so I thought it was the old reel in a bit and let go if you get too much tension but actually you you have to keep reeling in the whole time and then the amount of tension is like how hard you're pulling the fishing rod so once you get the hang of it it's actually a very nice um kind of immersive fishing uh, do you like the i know you like stardew valley a lot do you like the fishing game in that i i really enjoyed it i find it too, really hard 
I'm still not good at the uh, the fishing in Stardew Valley. I'm a fake gamer. Brandy should do a one off the list about fishing mini games. He might have done already. It sounds like the sort of thing he he, he would have done. It mega does actually. No. Uh, Nate, what else did you like from the the not E3 bonanza? Oh, I'm thinking about fishing now, aren't I? Um, Weird West. Uh, oh, yeah. I, did, I had that down too. Yeah, that was a yeah, lovely okay. one. You two talk about that for a while. Um, I'll do some soundboards. Have you got any cowboy sounds, like a horse or that? No, I got <laughs> Like a ricochet <laughs> bullet. Uh, <laughs> was that a scream or a car? It's a car. Right. I don't. The, I was going to load up loads, but you can only have so many on the um, on the soundboard at the top, and I might just get rid of all the RPS music and just have just the. Oh my goodness! How like stark would it be if our intro theme was just the sound of like tires squealing, <laughs> the trombone. <laughs> Actually, can you do the squealing tires again? Yeah, hang on. <laughs> So that is actually the sound of a cowboy's soul leaving his body. Um, <laughs> because that's... Uh, oh, by the way, have you ever heard of a tradition where you're meant to scream while cutting open a cake? No. I mean, unless you what? scream in excitement. Like... It, no, it's not real. Is it? Yes! Yes! <laughs> like, nice. Uh, like celebrations, <laughs> like weddings or whatever. Whenever my aunt cuts open a cake, she does this real harrowing shriek. Is she not uh, just seeing the jam and she thinks it's blood? No, it's like a war cry. Oh, Jesus. I think she's made that up. Yeah, and, and she says like, I was like, what? Because the first time she did it, she frightened the piss out of me. And I was, I was like, what? What he did? Because it wasn't just like a, oh, it was like a proper curdling, like death yodel. I was like, I beg your pardon. And it was some like, oh, it lets the devils out of the cake or whatever. Um, So, oh, I knew it was made up. Anyway, if readers, if you know anything about a tradition where you scream on the opening of a cake, please (laughs) reassure me. Um, But yes, Weird West. Um, It's, I mean, as I said, when I wrote about it, I'm not, really certain how it will play uh the thing it looks like a uh an arpg it's a isometric walk around and do murders thing but yeah. uh i think it's party based as well however the 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 lead developer whose name i have forgotten um was also co-creator of dishonored um and has a lot of chops when it comes to designing immersive sims. So, yeah, Weird West is being described as an immersive sim uh, in a different visual format. Uh, I think it's a bit of a weird term, immersive sim, isn't it? What it really means is games where you can interact with you know various factors in your environment to, to get things done in creative and improvisational ways. Yeah, I mean that's a much more succinct way of saying it. So I, I thought so. It really rolled off the tongue. <laughs> um, but no, immersive sim just makes it it's uh, really realistic, especially when there's so many simulation games in inverted commas. Now you think it's like a really realistic 
going back yes. being in a bath or whatever. It's your simulating immersion. Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But it looks cool. It looks like it offers you lots of, um, you know, ways to root, toot and brute your way through problems. And the thing that really, really, really lights me up about it is is just how it looks and feels. Um, you know, so many games try to do uh, creepy something is amiss here stuff. Yeah. Uh, but it just does it so with so much swagger mm. uh, and, and enough originality that it's genuinely disconcerting. We've only really seen the trailer in a few minutes of gameplay, but stuff like the colours um, was what really got my attention. Like there's all these weird like lilac and mauve tints things, almost like ultraviolet, which is literally in terms of a colour wheel, the opposite of what, sort of colours you'd expect to see in a Western. Yeah. It reminds me a bit of... Yeah, um, good. Have you seen uh, Bone Tomahawk? Oh, yeah. Oh! But, but what... But, what the, the, the unpleasantness of it aside, like, what I really liked about that film is it's almost like a Western that accidentally, like, wanders into something else. It's like a load of cowboys who think they're on a cowboy adventure and it turns out they're not really on a cowboy adventure at all. Um... Yeah, well, that, that's it. That is a weird West film. I mean, it's also sort of yeah. a racist nightmare, but I mean, it's... <laughs> yeah. It is, yeah, there's that too. It, weird West <laughs> as a... <laughs> as a genre is like, what happens when you mix cowboys and other things? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like deconstructing the, the, the cliches in a Western and putting them back together in a familiar, but unsettling shape mm. uh, so it's quite bold of this game to to just say well this game is called weird west it would be like releasing a game called fantasy um, <laughs> right but then there is final fantasy and there is as graham pointed out cyberpunk um yeah, yeah. so yeah but i think it's uh i think it's it's earned its biscuits um at least aesthetically for sure. Uh, any more for any more? Uh, I, I mean, it's, it's, I guess it's not the most sort of surprising thing in the world, but I, I thought the Mafia remaster was looking quite nice and shiny. Um, I was sort of surprised uh, what a sort of substantial job they appeared to be doing with it. You know, there's the visual makeover, but, you know, they've written new stuff for it. Sounds like they've added new bits to the campaign um you know they're kind of properly going back they're not just uh treating it as a beloved classic um, and while it you know there's there are lots of people who are really fond of it you know it's i don't think it has aged very well at all so i'm glad that they are going back and and uh, giving it a bit of a once over um as everyone says it's it, it, you know everyone always jokes about did you play either of you play mafia back in the day Ah, mate, sorry. Uh, so it, it's got this really infamous mission where you have to win this race uh, as oh, a, around like a race. About this car race, right? Yeah, around a racetrack, and you're but you're racing in this like whenever it's set nineteen twenties, nineteen thirties kind of version of the race car, which is just like a uh, just a tin can that goes really fast and has like no handling, and you had to win this 
right and i just couldn't do it like it's literally where you know the game came to an end i think i had to cheat in some way to get around it or you know i think they eventually patched it to you know change to make the race easier but it was just this absolute nightmare you had to do so in my head you had to do like 10 laps and they were really long and the car you couldn't steer and you somehow had to win and i'm sure it wasn't as bad as that but you know back then when i was buying my games with my pocket money you know and they a game really couldn't do that to me it was such so disappointing so you were like well this is the only new game i'm probably gonna have for the next few months um so, so when s- when you used to buy an album like a whole cd off of one song the like the number one track and then you had to sort of force yourself to like the other 11 <laughs> yeah. tracks on the album because otherwise it wouldn't be worth it it's not like today you zoomers with your being able to buy one song or stream it on spotify i mean the solution to that was to only like the music of randy newman where every track's a banger i Uh once bought the uh best of mc hammer um (laughs) and let me tell you track two on that was his song for the adams family values um and if you know if track two on your greatest hits <laughs> is a song you did for a slightly underwhelming sequel to a film, then you ain't got that many bangers, have you? <laughs> Hammer's Lament. Expertly deployed. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, yeah, so Mafia... Mafia uh, I look forward to. I think I did finish it in the end, but it, the whole thing. I, I only really remember that that race. I think there's a bit where you shoot a load of people in a church. Um, so <laughs> that's basically it. Uh, so I'm looking forward to to, to seeing some of that. Um, uh, also, another throwback. Even though I think we already knew about this, um, they're remastering Shadow Man. Shadow Man remastered, which I owned on PC. And didn't get very far in it because I got stuck. But it was like, that was another game I read loads about when I was a teenager, particularly because it was on N64 as well. I used to read about it in N64 magazine. And it was just, like now it's so te- like tedious and edgy because you're it's like a sort of a vaguely kind of Metroid-y or Zelda-y kind of structure. But you're this sort of un- undead voodoo superhero called Shadow Man. And you've got this... Uh, sort of skeletal snake as a sidekick and all the bosses are serial killers and things um is this is the irish snake yeah an irish snake called jaunty um oh yeah. yeah i actually got it wrong on the stream i thought all the bosses in shadow man were real life serial killers like in my head you were to like fight like ed gain and people like that um and i remember as i was saying it i was like man that was really like what an unpleasant concept for an N64 game. I'm really surprised they got away with that. And I looked it up and it turns out they didn't. Uh, they were fictional. Uh, they were fictional serial killers, but they all worked for Jack the Ripper. That's that's where the... That's <laughs> where the... a union. <laughs> why? He sort of... I, I don't know. He just... I don't know why he's getting them together, but he is. And I think you have some relative freedom over how you pursue them. I remember you moved between worlds... With um, I can't. Is it called a retractor? The device that they open rib cages with, like in I surgery. Do not remember. Oh, oh well, it's called um, whatever. Called that a bustus. Is. A bustus. 
Yeah. Oh, it's it busts it busts them open. Um, yeah, there'd be bodies on the wall, and you'd like bust open their chip rib cages, and that would become like the door to the other realm. It's that kind of edgy sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm going to segue there actually. Ooh. Um, if you're done on on Shadow, yeah, I've, I've I've said my piece. Because uh, speaking of busting ribs, uh, Surgeon Simulator Two, uh, it's a little treat. I had a go on that uh, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, you, you you familiar with the original Surgeon Simulator? Yes. So it's it, you know it's a gag, right? The the gag is you're doing surgery, but it's got these ridiculous convoluted controls, which all move like individual fingers and stuff, and so it's sort of a harrowing, clumsy disaster. <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, that's actually it. Um, that is the sound as you try to tenderly stroke the patient's chin and just tear their head off. Um, so Surgeon Simulator 2, exactly the same gag, but this time there's like actually a game and stuff. Ooh, um, bold. Yeah. Bold, Yeah, uh, it's co-op. Uh, you can both four of you doing surgery at the same time, and there's like... Portal 2 style multiplayer puzzles and that as well uh, involved. And it works. Uh, I fi- Once it, it got away from the actual like body mangling on onto like, you know, trying to fit key cards in locks and stuff, I actually found the controls suddenly just really frustrating rather than funny. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's a best to be seen how much I'll enjoy the puzzle aspect. But I think uh, some of that is just getting used to the controls. Uh, certainly, it was uh, it was a rollicking good time. Uh, I want to do some quick shouts to Almighty Kill Your Gods, which was a new reveal from the the Gorilla Collective, which is like a, a sort of it's like Monster Hunter plus some tower defense plus killing massive giant demonic creatures and then running around holding their arms above your head, um, which I really like the look of. Um, also Paradox Insider, uh, was pretty good. They had a, a few tactical bits that, I mean, we've seen, I think the, the Total War Troy bits, um, before, but they had a nice interview with, uh, Romero Games about, uh, Empire of Sin. Um, and also they had a new, uh, well, it was the same trailer as before, but they tacked on a little bit at the end, uh, for, Bloodlines 2, where they revealed that a character called Damsel is going to be coming back from the first game for this one, which is semi-exciting. It's not like it's not like I one don't of remember. The most... I don't like we're play, we've been playing it on the Let's Play. I don't know if we've met Dam. Who's Damsel? Did you go to the pub with all the like communist vampire? Yeah, yeah. Our... Astrid really liked that pub. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> um, uh, She's the one that's like she calls you. She's like Cammy. She calls you a Cammy, and she won't let you go upstairs. And she wears a beret. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So she's back, um, which will be interesting. Uh, like it just in terms of the story, it's interesting because it implies there'll be anarchs in uh, Seattle, which right. is interesting. Uh, but yeah, um, we don't have questions this week because i forgot to do a tweet so i'm very sorry oh no no yeah and i believe we're also going to postpone our uh 
literary discussion for a week, yes. aren't we? So we, uh, listeners, remember last week we all said we were going to read one of the Five Nights at Freddy's novelizations. I am halfway through mine, which is the second in the series, uh, and is called The Twisted Ones. It is very bad, uh, but we just need a bit more time. Because I remember last, like when we were recording last week, we were very blasé and we were like, oh, phew, yeah, they're probably only about 75 pages long. Mine is 300 and some pages. It's the length of a full-length novel. Uh, I was... Uh- I, lo- I looked at mine on Amazon to see how many Amazon reviews it had to try and gain an idea of, like, you know, its relative popularity. And it had so many more Amazon reviews than, like, great works of fiction. It was really <laughs> depressing. More people have reviewed f- f- Five Night at Freddy's, The Silver Eyes, than The Satanic Verses, for example. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I know they're very different things, but... I don't know why I went to that as my, oh, this is literary. I was like, what's the most literary thing I can think of? Oh, yeah, that'll do. <laughs> it is, uh, um, it's rough. I, I'll be interested in uh, in hearing your book report, Matthew. If, well, yours as well, Nate, because cause mine is the middle novel. So mine's a direct sequel to The Silver Eyes. So I have no bastard idea what's going on. Because it references book, first book a lot. Book four? Oh no! Uh, confusingly, it's called the Fourth Closet. Closet, but it's book three. So yours is the direct sequel to mine, I think. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Maybe between the three of us, we'll be able to piece together the uh... the location of Freddy's treasure. Yeah. <laughs> So, listeners, it remains only for us to to do our recommendations and say goodbye. But first, we should say that we are continuing to do our Not E3 coverage. Um, So as this comes out on the Thursday, um, the Steam Summer Festival has been going for about a day. We are, at time of recording, all playing lots of the demos to try and sort of curate lists of the best demos. We'll get them out as soon as possible. I'm doing RPGs at the moment. Uh, Gimli is doing sort of building and management games. Uh, And Matthew and Vidbo Cullum did a stream last night where they tried to get through as many demos as possible. We got through through 17 of 900. (laughs) (laughs) Not bad. Yeah, we had a lot of disappointed developers in the comments going, "Do mine next," and you're like, "The chances we're not going to get to a lot of these." So I feel I feel bad. And then the, those that did watch instantly saw that we couldn't work our way out through their tutorials, and we only had like a couple of minutes per game. So yeah, oh, no. I think uh, they all regretted it in the end. So that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a, that's a good advert for the channel. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, so we're doing that. Uh, then there is, uh, it's the, I think you called it the EA Underwhelmathon, Matthew, but, uh, I'm actually very excited for the EA, uh, for the EA sort of yeah. EA play live stream, which is going to be midnight our time yeah. on yeah. Friday morning, Thursday night slash Friday morning. And you're streaming for that as well. 
Yeah. We're going oh, to do you think they'll through. show more of the Star Wars? They are going to, yeah. They will show more of the Star Wars. My vain hope remains uh, Dragon Age, obviously. I would also be interested to see if they are going to talk about um, Anthem, because they're retooling Anthem with a small team, apparently. But I'll be interested to see if they talk about that at all. Um, uh, and then. They're showing off. Um, uh, Brothers, Taylor, Two Sons, new thing as well. Um, what's his name? Faris. Oh Did yeah, Joseph yeah. Faris. Uh, yeah, his his new game. His yeah. his looks. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. What happens if they drop Sims Five on you? Oh mate, head explode. Yeah. Do you just do your own sound effect, Matthew? Yeah, I did. That's good. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um. And then I think that it's mostly going to be quiet until the week after when I'm on holiday, so I don't care. But that's uh, going to be there's going to be the cyberpunk uh, Night City Wire thing uh, next week, and then pretty soon it will be Ubisoft Ubisoft Forward or Ubisoft Next, whatever it's called. Uh, but we have also uh, announced in partnership with PAX, so EGX and PAX are doing. Packs online, which is like twenty day, it's like a twenty day online game festival thing, which we'll be getting involved with as well. That's going to be absurd. Uh, they should call it Paxo. They should actually. That'd be a great joke for everyone that isn't an American. They should call it Pax Romana. Just, just do Roman games. You could do that if you wanted. You could do Ghostus. Could do Pax Romana. Oh, actually, I probably could do that, couldn't I? You should submit that as an idea for a talk. This is a bit inside baseball, but <laughs> keep an eye out for that. Um, yeah, but I'm well. This is the 99th episode, so we should probably do something for the hundredth episode. But I'm not. Maybe next week I will come. I'll even though I'm on holiday, I'll record with you. I tell you what, we should do this episode. time. Eat a flake. Eat a flake. Why? Because it's a 99, isn't it? It's a bit late now. Well, I've got flakes in the freezer. Oh, no. What First rule of podcasting is you can't eat on, on mic. It sounds horrible. Well, I'm, I'll meet. <laughs> it's too late now. What? Just I, just, well, I just want to listen to the whole intro theme with the sound of a frozen flake being chomped. <laughs> Crunched. Throughout. Crunk, 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 crunk. Um... No, that I think I think that's it for now. We'll come up with something fun for next week. Um, recommendations, yeah, fellas. Uh, let me do a. I don't know. <laughs> uh, Matthew, what have you got to recommend this week? Well, I'm still working my way through my giant Chinese crime book that I recommended a, a, a few weeks ago. I hadn't finished it at the time, and I'm still. I'm still reading it. Um, so I'm going to recommend another Chinese thriller, Ooh. Uh, a book called Death Noticed by Z-H-O-U, and they say it's H-A-O-H-U-I. So Zhu Haohui, Haohui. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but uh, Death Notice. Search for it on Amazon. It's a... A absolutely brilliant like page turner about some sort of 
uber genius serial killer kind of taunting the police and getting up to to no good uh lots of twists and turns it's incredibly cinematic feeling and quite dumb but in a really really good way and uh uh it's on my mind because they announced that book two uh, is being localized next year, which is great. So I read this about two years ago, and it ends on a huge cliffhanger. And I was like, "Oh, what happens?" And it's like, "Well, there's no plans to translate it, so we don't know." Um, but it's Tendo coming. Is out. working for Jack the Ripper in exchange for exposure. <laughs> but get on, get on that. That's great. Excellent, uh, Nate. What have you got this week? Uh, I've actually been watching some telly. Uh, we've been watching. Season two of What We Do in the Shadows. Ah. Extraordinarily funny vampire uh, sitcom based on the cult New Zealand comedy of the same name, uh, starring Taika Waititi and some of the the people. Um, it somehow manages to be funnier than the film, which was incredibly funny. Oh, and, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. There's... Uh, Matt Berry in it, being Matt Berry, and there's um, I have uh, just forgotten her name, but the sister from Staff Let's Flats. Oh, Natasha Dimitriou. Yes, who is uh, incredible. And Kaivan Novak, isn't it, as well? Yeah, who is just adorable. Um, it's great. It's really, really good. And actually, it's got some sort of Bloodlines 2 vibes. Um, it's... It, uh, there's a lot of awareness of the same, like when Bloodlines is being sort of satirical. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's a lot more straight-faced than this, but that sort of just deep awareness, not just of sort of vampire law, uh, but of the tropes in fiction about vampires, is really spot on. It's it's good. Mm. Totally good. Um. I'm going to recommend uh, a book as well. Um, that I've ch- I was going to recommend a different book, but I changed because brought up serial killers, and this was really interesting. Um, it's called The Five by Hallie Rubinold, uh, who's a historian, and uh, it's about the women who were killed by Jack the Ripper. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's not about Jack the Ripper and she has no interest in Jack the Ripper or who Jack the Ripper was or any of that. Um, and she just, uh, really deeply traces the lives of, uh, these women who were killed. Um, and uh, she says like, she's one of the takeaways. She, she, one of the few things she says about Jack the Ripper is actually, she doesn't think there's any real evidence that he, um, was obsessed with killing sex workers uh, and that she thinks they were probably just all asleep outside and he was more opportunistic. Um, mm. But it's very sad and also very interesting because it's as much about the history of the time uh, as it is also about their lives. And their lives are very interesting, but also a, a lot of the time quite sad. Um, and uh, when it came out, it made a lot of self described ripperologists cross because <laughs> they couldn't grasp that she didn't care about Jack the Ripper, um, which was That's quite cracking. funny. That's yeah. good. A, a good uh, subset of people to upset, I think. Yeah, definitely. Imagine Very obsessing good. over... Jack the Ripper is just one of the biggest tools in history, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Total balance. <laughs> <laughs> 
How many is that? This episode, loads. That's my favourite one. The others just aren't as like that's applicable in every situation, almost, isn't it? Yeah, it's very versatile. I'll do some. I'll have some more next time. Um, well, thank you very much for joining myself and Gimli, son of Gloin, and Matthew Castle for this episode ninety-nine of the Electronic Wireless Show, uh, where we discussed all our favourite things from. Uh, the Griller Collective and the PC Gaming Show. Uh, so we must now say goodbye, but don't forget to uh, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, we are at Rock Paper Shotgun. Uh, we're also, well, Matthew and Vid by Cullum are on YouTube, www.youtube.com forward slash Rock Paper Shotgun. Or Rock Paper no, Shot. I rock remember. Paper Shot, yeah. Sorry. Rock Paper Shot. Um, we have merch now. Uh, which is oh god it's not teespring why can't i remember that oh no we have merch i'll link to the merch um but we have nice uh t-shirts um uh we have a discord uh where people talk about pc games and organize playing games together uh and are generally very nice and of course we have a website www.robpipshotgun.com for all your pc gaming needs uh the big one. It's been lovely chatting. But uh, now Nate must say goodbye. Back into the games minds. Bye bye. And uh, goodbye to Matthew. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Bye.